Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today is someone who is near and dear to me. Uh, she's a friend, she's someone I respect a lot, and she's the person that gave me my first coaching job uh, at the college level. Uh, Monique LeBlanc, head coach at Merrimack College. Merrimack Warriors in their first year as a Division One program, and they just go and win 20 games and 13 games in conference, third place in the NEC, and they don't get to compete in their conference tournament. So we'll talk to her about that first great year at the Division I level. She's been there for nine years now, took over a program in a bad spot, and has really climbed its way through at the Division II level and now at the Division I level. Got a cool backstory, too. We're playing career. Um, got her first head coaching job at a young age and has, has really flourished and grown. And again, obviously, I, I have a personal connection with her, but so much respect for her, uh, so much of what I do and how I do it, I learned from her. Um, so it seemed very appropriate to have her on. It's probably been too long since I asked her, but we'll get her on the phone and be right back. This is The Jump Around. We are back on the jump around and joining me, it is the head coach of Merrimack, Monique LeBlanc. Coach, I appreciate the time uh, that you've been willing to take out for me as your regular season just wrapped up. And as I told everyone in the intro, my my break into college coaching, it's all because of you. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining me today. Well, Blake, thanks for uh, joining me in my first year as a head coach. And obviously we've, we've stayed in touch and um, had a great relationship, so I'm excited to finally get the invite here. Yes. I'm just kidding you. All right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you because <laughs> we will get into that first year together uh, at Merrimack, and you've now built quite a program. It makes me feel good because my first season as a head coach uh, has a lot of parallels to that first season, and so now seeing the success that you've yep. found, I, I have a lot of optimism, so thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's go back to, before we get into it, I always like to start at the beginning. So let's go back to your days. You're growing up in New England. Uh, you decide to go uh, play at Bucknell. And that was a program who had some success before you got there, but not any astronomical amount. What drew you to there? Uh, what was it about your experience there that eventually drew you into coaching collegiately? Yeah. So, well, you know, what drew me to Bucknell was – they were excited about me and wanted me. And obviously as a college coach, you know, that sticks with me of, you know, making sure that recruits understand that you're a priority. And I felt that way with their staff and, you know, going through the recruiting process, um, like most kids, you know, I was really hoping to play division one. And, uh, once I went on a visit there and Blake, I know you've called a game out there before. So you've visited, you know, once I went on campus, it was, it was over. Uh, you know, loved the team and the staff and the campus was beautiful. And um, so, yeah, it was, um, you know, a great choice. Obviously really uh, enjoyed my four years there and culminated with a championship. And I won't say how many years ago that was, but <laughs> it still feels like yesterday and, um, you know, some great memories. Well, you, you do get into to coaching after that and um, you, you end up at Northern Arizona, which is really where you kind of started growing as a coach. You're there for a few years, has some incredible recruiting classes, um, and then end up uh, getting the head coaching job at Merrimack. That, uh, you were pretty young when you got that job. So what was, um, what was it about the job that you currently have that, that drew you there? What were your experiences at Northern Arizona that 
made you feel prepared to take a head coaching job? Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, um, first of all, we'll, we'll get into the whole prepared to be a head coach thing in a second. But, um, yeah, you're right. I, uh, I got into coaching almost right after uh, graduating from Bucknell. But I had one year in there, you know, working in corporate America and, uh, you know, also was helping out as a high school basketball coach. And that's when I realized, I really love my high school basketball coaching job uh, more than my job that actually pays me. And, um, so I got into coaching from there. Uh, so, you know, have a nice little math and economics degree from Bucknell once in a while, I get to help one of our players out with a, with a math class, but, um, <laughs> you know, went into coaching. And, um, so yeah, Northern Arizona was a great experience. I was there as a GA and then, I actually got to go coach my alma mater at Bucknell for a few years and then got to go back to Northern Arizona as a, you know, recruiting coordinator. And, and like you mentioned, um, you know, was able to sign some good players and kind of uh, get confidence as a recruiter in that last experience at NAU. And I think because of that, uh, you know, I felt prepared for the next step, right? That's what the next step is. If you're a recruiting coordinator, you're at the top assistant, you know, next step is becoming a head coach. But um, as prepared as maybe I thought I was, uh, oof, there's nothing like just being <laughs> in it. <laughs> and uh, there's there's absolutely no substitute for experience. And, um, and now I know that, you know, now I'm in my ninth year as a head coach. And, uh, you know, as we already mentioned here on the show, you and I were together in my first year as a head coach. And, yeah, there were a ton of challenges. And I think that any head coach in their first head coaching job, like, needs those first few years to really learn about themselves and figure themselves out as a head coach, not as an assistant coach, and not just as a recruiter and somebody who, who gets everybody hyped to practice. There's just so much more to it. And you really... I don't think anybody really thinks it through until they're in that seat. Confirmed. I can confirm these, these things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we will talk about all the good that's come, but let's go back. I was like, you and I could actually probably do like a full hour podcast just on that season, right? We could go back to season sure. one. Um, what was it though, when you went through it, five wins, uh, and for people who aren't aware of the NE10, just an absolutely brutal conference to play in. Um, what were some of the things you went through as that first year head coach, you know, suffering some losses, which, you know, maybe you anticipated some of those, but what, what were some of the things that caught you by surprise, whether good or bad that you're like, man, didn't know this would be like this necessarily. Right. So I think maybe the biggest surprise of that season and like, tell me if you remember it this way too, but like, as you mentioned, we won five games and in like for most people you would think like wow that must have just been a really tough season to get through and maybe we were still in that like honeymoon phase of like you know the new staff and and we're there but uh, it didn't feel like that like it felt like the team was super bought in and uh, behind what we were trying to do um so I thought like that was a really cool thing about it looking back was that like it didn't feel like it didn't feel bad (laughs) you know even though it was (laughs) you know um and so that that was great and I like you know, I see a lot of those alums, you know, to this day, obviously we have alumni games and, you know, they're all in touch and, um, you know, Jen Roy was a senior on the team. She was just here this weekend. And, you know, every time I see them, I feel compelled to say like, thanks for being with me through 
that time in, in my career, um, you know, and for believing me and for giving me everything you had, because uh, like I already said, I, I was still learning a lot about myself and yeah. just being a head coach. And so I'm really grateful for those players that just kind of blindly said, cool, we, we got you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and, but yeah, like what else happened in that first year? Like you mentioned the strength of the, the Northeast 10 and right away it was like, Oh, Hey, new coach. Uh, yeah, we're a bunch of really experienced really, really good head coaches, and uh, we're going to let you know. So one of my favorite stories about that first year is, you know, we're getting ready to play Bentley, and we're like, who's going to guard Who's gonna guard this Batista kid? You know, <laughs> she's a sophomore, she's ridiculous, and, you know, she's six feet, and she plays every position. And I remember you and, and Julian and I were talking about it, and, you know, our senior guard, Jen Roy, comes in, she's 5'7", and she's like, I want to guard her. And the three of us were like, well, shoot, we don't know if we have a good matchup regardless, so let's give it to the kid that really wants it. Yeah. I was excited about it. I thought, look at this kid. She's got heart and can't wait to see her go out there and, and give it her best. And, uh, you know, they win the tap, and, and Coach Stevens, who's just an absolute legend, you know, it takes her about two seconds to notice that matchup and call their favorite play call for a, a mismatch up in like you know, I think it was a three-point play to open up the game, you know, on a foul and one layup, uh, Batista over a 5-7 guard. And I remember in that moment being like, okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Going up against some really oh. solid coaching here. Yes. You know, not just the, the level of the players in the league, but the level of the coaches, you know, was also, is also unbelievable in the NE10. So, um, and now I think, wow, like for me, Again, what a great experience to be going up against this level of experienced coaching, um, you know, in my first time as a head coach. So uh, it all it all paid off. But, yeah, those were like the type of bumps that we took in our first year. <laughs> it's funny. What I remember about Jen Roy and Bentley is when we went and played at their place later in the season, we were in the huddle for starting lineups. They announce our lineups, so we're huddling as they announce Bentley starting lineups. And Jen goes to take her warm-up jersey warm-up top off and realizes she didn't put her jersey on and so you and julian look at me and say go and i sprint back to the locker room (laughs) grab the jersey throw it at her and so she puts it on as she heads to the jump circle and if anybody ever wants to question your athleticism and speed like i obviously can um, attest to that that's why you got back faster than i thought was possible (laughs) that's the only reason i told the story (laughs) thank you (laughs) <laughs> oh man well you you end up turning it around very quickly the next year you you have a great year you win 17 games you make a run in the tournament and so I'm curious though as you as you go along you said you've been there for nine years did you as you continue to recruit and develop an identity was there ever a moment that you kind of felt the tide turn where you felt like ah like here we are we, we've got it now or we got these players now or was it more of an incremental kind of thing every year I think it was incremental every year. Um, certainly, like turning it around quickly in year two helped a lot. Um, just like the local programs, you know, having having a respect for what we were doing, um, and I think like it just took a little bit of sustained um, success year by year. And then I would really say in the last couple of years, I've felt like really confident about. Um, you know, kind of who we can recruit against and, and mm. what people think of our product and our brand. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it all started to get easier. And I think there's been a lot that's played into that, the success, and, the, and now obviously jump into Division One and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah. 
you mentioned the jump to Division One. Obviously, you're also um, you're an associate athletic director at the school, and so you're obviously involved in the discussions as you guys kind of explore some of those options jumping to Division One when when it's decided. Hey, this is happening. We're going to do this. Did that change your operation at all? Um, and if so, how did it? Well, so we've been talking about going Division One, you know, since I got here. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a process, um, and understandably, you know, there's a lot of site visits and presidential um, meetings and that sort of thing. Um, and so, uh, and, and it changed too. Like, um, you used to be able to just say, hey, we're going Division One, and then you wait for a conference to to pick you up and now that's not the case you need to be invited into a conference so it was um you know obviously a process and once they announced we were going it was a few weeks before our season was starting last year and it was one of those things where it was like okay let's you know meet with the team obviously this announcement is out there and um then let's not talk about it again until the season's over you know (laughs) um let's really try to stay focused on where we are and, and doing great in, uh, in our division two conference. And, but obviously we had to start working on it and we had been like with recruiting, it was one of those, Hey, this, this topic has gotten, you know, hotter every year. Um, there's a really good chance we could be on division one. Obviously we're recruiting you, um, as division two school, but you know, we feel confident that if we switch at any point, you'd be able to help us. So mm-hmm. that was like a really big discussion with, this year's current freshman classic and the recruiting process of, of them last year, two summers ago, you know, we really felt like it might be coming and it did. And so with those three, like we had literally just gotten verbal commitments and then like a week later we announced we're going to visual one. And it was like one of those <laughs> awkward, like phone calls, like, so, Hey, remember we talked about this last weekend at your breakfast? <laughs> we're doing it, you know? Uh, and just reiterating Hey, this is why we were recruiting you because we felt like you would help us in Division One, yeah. and um, you know you were for us in Division Two as well. So um, yeah, so it was kind of interesting how that like the timing of it worked out with where we were at in recruiting and things. Um, but people have asked a lot about that. Like now that you're in Division One, like how's recruiting? And I'm like you know naturally it's a little easier to get on the phone with people, whether sure. it's you know coaches or recruits. Um, you know that's just. I'm not saying that's the way it should be at all. That's just um, the nature of it. And so, yeah, it's been nice to be able to, you know, get in touch with some players uh, a little sooner. Um, But other than that, I think we're just still trying to do what everybody's trying to do, like recruit the highest level kid that we can get in our our program. Well, you have that first year D1, and you go into that first game on the road against uh, an A-10 opponent, and – you guys win <laughs> and you guys win your first division one game and you got sticks Davis Lewis, one of the seniors on your team gets a triple double. And so, I mean, I don't know if you could have drawn up a more perfect start to the division one era for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned, um, you know, year two when we turned it around and went 17 and 12 and kind of similar, you know, obviously on a different level, but you know, we went and played at Franklin Pierce to open the season and, like Franklin Pierce had been so good for so long so and it was at their place. And as you recall, it's not an easy place to play. And here's our team. That's really just kind of wondering how are we going to be this year? And, and we won that game. And I think like that gave us so much confidence heading into year two, you know, and our team felt like we could do it. And, and then we went on and we had a great season. And I, I feel that way about the UMass win, you know, it's, 
you know, we had confidence in ourselves as a program. Um, you know, we were coming off a great year. Last year we won 20 games, and, you know, so there was that confidence, but there was so much unknown with going Division One, And so I think a win like that in the first game, it was just kind of that confidence we needed, you know, to really yeah. say, like, let's go do this, yeah. and, and, um, and we can do it, and we can win games here. Yeah. You... Go into the NEC, and, and which is a, a tough league. Robert Morris has dominated it for, for quite some time. Yep. And uh, Mount St. Mary's is a team that's coming up with a, a newer coach, too. And then you guys are so yeah. you're able to go 13-5, and five and you come in third place. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's remarkable. And not to keep kind of banging the same drum of, yeah, we were really good and uh, we did good things. But I, I just, again, if I would have asked you, and to be completely honest at the beginning of the season, and, and I said, hey, You'll go thirteen and five year one. Is that a deal you'll take? You probably would have said yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think it's because you know, again, just not having that familiarity with with the NEC. You know, other than like, yeah, sure, like there's some localish teams, and you know, I follow scores like everybody else and that sort of thing. But to be honest, I think the NEC has really improved top to bottom as a league as well. Um, and I, I just think like it's a tough conference and a great basketball conference. And you're right. Like Robert Morris is really good. And Mount St. Mary's, um, they're really good too. I mean, like there's lots of really good teams, but um, you know, those two really separated themselves uh, in first and second. And um, yeah, like we're, we've really tried to stay focused on and try not to get like too coachy, you know, crazy with things, but with not, knowing how we stacked up against our opponents this year, we just really tried to keep the, the focus on ourselves and really kind of get a feel for, like, are we reaching our potential as a unit? And whatever that potential is, let's maximize it. And then, like, if that means we finish 13-5, and five, then awesome. And if that means, like, we finish whatever, you know, 9-9, nine and nine, I guess, like, you know, we didn't know. We just wanted to know that, like, we felt like we were really maximizing everything we had in our program and um you know that that was just the goal yeah now obviously you you knew this going in but you aren't eligible for even the conference tournament you obviously aren't eligible for the yeah. ncaa tournament and right. like that just kind of sucks right i mean you had this great <laughs> year and you're like man i'd like at least a chance to to you know go and win this championship right oh man it's, it's definitely a bummer you know uh you know everybody is like March is the best time of year. That's when you want to be peaking and, um, you know, getting excited for your, for your conference playoffs. But, you know, one thing I remember from being an assistant coach in division one is like, we always talked about like, you know, the, the conference or the schedule, sorry, in terms of like seasons. So you had like your non-conference schedule and then you're like, all right, like it's conference schedule time. So like almost like you could kind of, you know, put the narrative on your non-conference schedule how you wanted to. Like, mm -hmm. if it wasn't great, you could be like, well, now we're in our, like, you know, phase two, and, you know, this is a, our second season. And, like, then you would do that with the playoffs as well. And for us, like, we just knew we weren't going to be able to, like, hopefully peak in playoffs, you know? And it was just like, let's just keep trying to play our best basketball every night. And um, so now we're here, and every team in our conference is getting ready to go play in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously we're bummed, but... 
last night was our last regular season game and we were like it's march it's playoff season this is our playoff game and we just tried to take that approach and um you know really emphasize it and now we're hanging out for two weeks and um you know hoping to get invited to a postseason tournament yeah which you certainly should uh, be sh- be shocked and appalled i will call as an uproar if you don't okay that's my promise to you, if you okay. i appreciate yes. that thank you happy to go yes um <laughs> I'm I'm interested about because I mean we go back to that first season. It's your first year as a head coach. You're you're young. You you don't have any kids. And now we go down the road. It's 2019. It's 2020 rather. You're you have two children. You're a Division One head coach. You've won 20 games as a Division One head coach. Like so much in your life has changed so dramatically in a yeah. pretty short amount of time. If you you know go back and reflect uh, on your time since since being at Merrimack, what what are the where are the areas that you feel like you have grown or changed the most? Um, you know, personally as a coach, whatever you can kind of take that however you want. But what in what ways and what areas have you kind of felt the most growth and change? Man, that's that's a great question, and um, I do think I've had a lot of growth and change in all those areas. Um, I think, like honestly, I kind of alluded to this before, but just like there's no substitute for experience. And I I really feel like the last few years, like I'm just so comfortable in my own skin as a head coach. Um, And I think like, like you mentioned, being a young head coach, I, you know, felt like I wanted to, um, you know, appear a certain way or, you know, have a certain, um, you know, level of toughness or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, Authority is maybe the better word. And, um, now, like, just it just seems like everything just comes a lot easier, and I think that um, you know I just really focused on having great relationships with everybody in our program. Um, you know, my my staff and uh, all the players individually make sure like all of our individual relationships are really solid, and everything is easy when that's going well. And so I've really just placed an emphasis on that. And then like even things like you know in our first year here, you know we. I felt like, you know, we needed to kind of have, you know, not rules for everything, but just like wanted to be really organized and, and all of that. And so like, you know, us three, we were always in the office by nine, right? Like definitely here and, and sitting down and working. Um, now it's more like I'm really emphasis on the, the quality of the work that's being done. And, um, you know, like just little things like that change where, you know, I remember reading an article about Mark Few from Gonzaga and him saying like, you know, every up and coming assistant coach and, you know, everybody's like, yeah, you got to beat your boss into the office and you got to do this and, you know, sleep in your office and this and that. And and he was saying like, on our off days, I go fly fishing, you know, (laughs) and if it's a weekday, I send my kids to school and I go off and I go fly fishing and, you know, then I'm back in the office the next day. And that's, that's even during season. And I remember reading that, you know, that just kind of, gave me some perspective and then you mentioned having kids and I actually like really struggled with you know my identity of that like I've always been that work ethic person right Mm -hmm. and you know going back to my college playing days like I was a role player and you know I was a starter but I you know was the person that was just like going to do all the dirty work and do do all those things and so I took a lot of pride in that and I also had a lot of confidence in, in playing that role and that's how I was as a head coach too. Like, you know, I really took a lot of pride in my work ethic and that included time here. 
And so like becoming a mom and, you know, being coming in a little bit later, like I struggled with that at the beginning. I struggled with how my assistant coaches might view that or how my players might view that, you know, like yeah. if they walk in at nine fifteen and I'm not here and like, I've learned to get over that. And I know that everybody knows, you know, level of work that we're doing and, you know, it's okay. And so, um, you know, the kids have given me great perspective. I think I've never been so efficient in my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I used to be here early and working and now like, uh, you know, there's a really high premium on quiet time in our household. So that comes early in the morning for me. I like it. I like to get up early and, you know, have some coffee and watch some film. And then I love when it's 730 and the kids wake up and, you know, to spend some time with them before work. And, you know, so um, all of that has changed. And, and I like to think it's given me perspective I need to be a great, um, you know, parent and, and spouse and also just a person to our players not just a great coach to them so um, I like to think that all of this has been for you know positive change um, for sure yeah well no doubt you found a, a lot of success because of it and you became the program's all-time winningest coach um, this year and I know that's not you don't like you're you're definitely the anti don't praise me please focus elsewhere but I mean that's that's quite an achievement I mean that's gotta I, I know you you know you weren't even aware of it until after the game when your players kind of showered you in the locker room but um, when you hit a milestone like that it, it kind of makes you step back and go okay like we've, we've done some pretty cool things here uh, when you look back on that when you look on back on all those wins and all the success that you've had is there anything that stands out to you? Uh, more than anything else, um, and again, I, this is this is the very beginning of a long story in your coaching career. But uh, are the things that stand out to you as you kind of you know climb that mountain to to rise to the top of the program and wins? I think it's just like just like anything else. Like when you just have such a high investment level and put in so much time, it's just so nice to be able to have those moments. Like like you mentioned, like the team you know, showers you with water in the locker room and. It was amazing. And then you're like, I just hope we win the next one. Like, that's the one I really am excited about, you know? So, like, as a coach, we just naturally move on, right? Like, it's like, okay, that was great, but, like, I'm really excited about winning this next game and the next game after that and trying to make the next, you know, goal that you're that you're trying to get for your program. But um, I think it's just nice to know that, like, your investments do pay off and, like, your time comes and, um, you know, all the things that we're preaching to our players all the time, you know, about persistence and, um, you know, just fight through adversity. You just, you're going to come out on the other side and all of that stuff. It's just nice to, to know that that's happening and, um, see, see the product and, you know, the culmination of that hard work. Um, it is cool. And, and I do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to, I take, I take you to the top of the mountain. Now I'm going to ask you to go to the complete opposite side. I, I like to ask people, who I feel like will will actually be introspective and honest with me, and I feel like that's you. What what was the low point? Was there ever a low point where you just felt like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if this is working. Uh, what like what? When was that? If there was a point, and and what did that look like? Yeah, like I'll tell you what. Like low points for me are I mentioned before, like relationships you know they make everything to me and um you know I, I invest a lot in my relationships with, with people so like like anytime if there's ever been like 
a situation with a player who feels let down or, you know, unhappy, like those things crush me, you know, as, as a head coach, like I just want everybody to always, you know, feel their value in our program and, um, you know, be as committed as, as our standards are. So like, I think like just anything like that, whether it's, you know, coming from me or coming from the player, like if it's, if there's just ever something that needs to be worked through, um, you know, I hate that, you know, I want everybody to be having the best experience all the time ever. And like those moments, like I will say, like haven't happened in years where like, and I knock on wood, like, you know, very fortunate that, you know, we don't really have transfers here, you know, God, I'm like literally knocking on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like that happens, that happens a lot less frequently here than, than just like what the average is. Um, but like, you know, I think back to like five or six years ago, like just having a, a player say she wasn't happy here. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, I, I hate that, you know? Yeah. Um, so like those things, you know, as, as a head coach, I think like when you're really, truly invested in all your players, like anything like that, it, it's hard. Um, I think like, even like last year, like we, we had a great season and, you know, we won 20 games and the NCAA tournament for division two is, um, different than, you know, division one. So it's regional and the top eight of every region make it to the tournament. And there's kind of these like weekly regional rankings and, um, it kind of can, um, really consume you for the month of February while you're watching it happen. And we were like the eighth team. So we were like all, you know, signs pointing towards the NCAA tournament, but there was an upset in another East region conference. Mm -hmm. And so that team got in and so did the team that was supposed to win that conference. And we were the last one out. Like, you know, like you see in division one, like who were the last four out? Like we were that team. Mm -hmm. And that was crushing last year because we had been so close and we had been a really solid program and this was going to finally be our year, you know? Um, So that was really hard. It was like, we just had a 20 win season yet like, you know, felt kind of like a pit in my stomach, you know? Um, So it's like now again, like bring me back to that five and 21 season in my first year. And like, would I be feeling bad for the person who just won 20 games, but just missed the NCAA tournament? I'd be like, get out of here. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I think that's, that's, there's the lesson in that is like, there's some low, some, some low points for sure. But, keep it in perspective, you know? Um, and I think like as a head coach, like, like I mentioned, like hearing of a player, like, you know, wasn't happier. Now, like I just really try to stay focused on like, am I making decisions, decisions every day that I feel are in the best interest of the program and the team and, you know, trying to be really true to myself and, and protecting our culture first and foremost. And like, I'm doing all those things and I can like feel really good about Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, you know, and it helps get through any sort of maybe low points that you think you might have. So, yeah, yeah, like those have gotten easier to deal with too, if if they do happen. Yeah, Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, I I do want to talk about, I usually don't get into specific players with teams, but I do want to talk about, uh, and I mentioned to her earlier, uh, Sticks, Davis uh, Stewart on your team. Uh, we didn't have any sticks when when we got there, Coach. We, there was no. no there was no sticks on the team. And for people who don't know who she is, and I'm sure most people don't realize it, but leading the country in double doubles, she's got 23 double doubles. She had a triple double in that season opening win against UMass, and then last night does it again. 25 points, 
18 rebounds, 10 blocks, uh, a senior player for you that has just been unbelievable. Uh, I would just like to open the floor for you to, to kind of share sticks with people who don't know who she is, and they definitely should know. Oh, man. First of all, Sticks has been like the mayor of Merrimack College since she got here, I think. <laughs> like, she's just super personable and, um, you know, has a great personality. Uh, she's awesome. So, uh, yeah, she's, uh, you know, she if, if she was to meet you right now, she'd come up and shake your hand and say, Hi, I'm Dania, but they call me Sticks. And, like, we always joke with her, we're like, Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> like, they call me Sticks. Like, who's <laughs> But, um, She's and like she's just like got the best heart, you know. She's an awesome, kid, but she's a phenomenal player too. And her nickname sticks, you know. She's long and lanky, and she's got a really big wingspan, so that obviously helps with the rebound blocks. Um, you know, she's extended her game this year, so she's shooting the three with a lot of confidence too. And you know, she's also our inside kid, you know, when we want to have an inside kid. So she's got to kind of play a bunch of roles for us, but yeah, she's special. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wish we had one of those, but, but what you going to do? Yeah, we all do. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, um, you know, people that, you know, catch a game here or there and you know, maybe haven't seen a ton of our team. will say like, you know, you've got a great squad and, um, you, you guys are young cause it's true. You know, we start a couple of freshmen, you know, sophomore in the starting lineup. So we we're we are young and then we have sticks, you know, and she's a senior and they're like, yeah, man, you guys are going to be good. You know, just, just got to replace sticks, but you've got a lot of young kids to put around. I'm like, just replace sticks. Like, yeah, just replace yeah. that, uh, <laughs> nation leading double, double kid and triple doubles. And, yeah. So, um, we're working on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, Sticks wasn't Sticks as a freshman, so when when we think about replacing her, it's you know yeah we're hopefully gonna develop the next freshman really talented high potential kid to to become that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, last thing, and I'll get you out of here on this. I always like to end with an open ended question uh, and kind of let you speak on it. But people who and you have really kind of spoken to it throughout this, but just people who don't know you, don't know Merrimack, don't know your program, what's, what is it that you'd want them to know? What's the you know one or two messages that you'd like people to know and that you'd like to share with them about, you know, who you are, who you guys are? Yeah, well, I think like, uh, I stole this from our men's coach who stole it from Dave Paulton who, you know, I automatically liked the dude because he was at my alma mater and did a great job there um, on that side, right? But he has this, like, sheet that he gives to his players, and it's, like, I think he calls it, like, the 22-2 and two rule, and, like, I changed it to, like, the, or maybe he does the 21-3, and three, something like that, about 24 hours in a day, and where it's basically, like, you know, for, like, two hours a day, we're asking you to be, like, uberly committed, like, high-intensity, you know, really focused and, um, you know, a basketball player. But, like, those 22 hours, other 22 hours a day, we want you to live your best life as a 19-year-old, you know, like, be a great student, like, have a great social life. Like, we want that for you. And then on the flip side, that's true. So, like, I loved that sheet because I'm like, this is perfect. Like, you know, for two hours a day, I'm going to ask you for your best and I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to hype you up and, like, all that stuff. And, you know, we're going to get after it. We're going to try to play the best basketball we can play. But, like, those other 22 hours a day, like, we love you, you know? Like, we're we're just people. We're coaches, but we love you and, you know, we're here for you. And, um, you know, we also have lives, you know? Like, we have a family. Like, 
we don't wear sweats 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know, we, we're normal people, you know? And so, um, I think like, you know, that's always the biggest thing is, um, just, and I mentioned before, like, you know, this team being so easy to coach and having fun. I think like, you know, we're just a staff that, you know, wants to maximize each player's potential and, um, and certainly as a team and, um, but the rest of the time, like we want to have a great time and, um, you know, we want to love each other and, and just, you know, be, be a family, you know, that's, that's a buzzword. And, um, I talked to our team a lot about if we're going to use it, we're going to mean it, you know? So, um, yeah, we're close and and we really love our product here. I think, um, you know, we have a great culture, like players that want to be in the gym. Um, you know, you can always, you know, go up in your level of, gym ratness I guess uh you know coaches will always feel that way but I'm talking about like when you walk in the gym and your team's just like smiles on their face and wants to you know be around each other so um you know that's just kind of the culture we're you know looking to add to and um protect and enhance and so um we love our style of play and we think we're fun people (laughs) so um you know we we um you know really proud of what we're doing here at Merrimack yeah well you've done a stellar job again Merrimack 20 and 9 on the season they finished 13 and 5 in the NEC their first year as a division one program they come in third in their conference not eligible for conference or NCAA tournament but they are eligible for some of the other postseason bids, and again, if they don't get those, I will riot, and uh, and I will. I still, I still got a warrior shirt laying around here somewhere, so I can, I can go on and and, and wave about with, with my blue and gold for you, coach. Um, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, if you need any any more warrior shirts to, uh, you know, get it out there. Let me. <laughs> yes, and and just you know, from humble beginnings, right? I remember that first year we went to the store and bought. Uh, starter t-shirts like dry fit and then we got like the iron yep. the iron on logos and that's how we like made our t-shirts for a while so from that's right from that's that right. and for the coaching staff because you know we wanted to be able to get the the real stuff for the players yeah exactly and, right um, exactly now as a staff we're 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 rare stuff you know we're we're rocking it now <laughs> living the dream from humble beginnings for yep. sure oh man well i am so appreciative of you coach for taking time with me this morning and Obviously appreciative uh, of you taking a chance on a, you know, a 21 year old kid who didn't know what he was doing uh, back in 2011. So thank you, obviously, for Same everything you. you've done you know, for it's me. Mutual. You didn't know who you were coming to work for. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of people start in college basketball that way, you know, just looking to get in and, um, you know, look at yourself. You're, you're a big time head coach yourself now. So, you know, I'm proud of you for that. Well, I appreciate it. I've taken a lot from you. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I love you. And uh, thanks again. This was fun. Thanks for taking the time out. For Same me. here, Glenn. Well, thanks again to Merrimack College head coach Monique LeBlanc for joining me. Uh, Mo, one of the one of the great people in this business and has done a stellar job. So happy for her success individually and as a team in the program uh, rolling out in the NEC. Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's appreciated. If you can leave a rating or a review, uh, that's also appreciated as well. You can always find me on Twitter at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.